the generation under so much pressure held to a standard impossible to measure without guys they suffer no father in sight uh no love from their mother not the pen for the one in the mirror self-image distorted can't get no clearer damn lost souls devoured by the streets ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks by their feet only crack vials and shell cases looking for hope but they still waiting and i implore you to never give up and like Pac said uh keep your head up and when your back's up against the wall keep your boots to the ground and stand tall hold on and be strong and go against all eyes uh and keep your faith in god Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Liberated Mind Show. My name is Kay. That's Jay. And today we're talking about the NFL. And also, we'll speak a little bit about uh, Kanye West. And um, we just want to, you know, dwell on what's going on. What's, what's different about the NFL this year? So, James, take it away from there. Yeah, definitely, man. Let's dive right in. All right. Uh, you know, first question is, uh, why do you think it's so difficult to get African people in America to not tune into the NFL in complete unison? I think people are just comfortable and entertainment over anything. Entertainment over sacrifice, entertainment over being uncomfortable. That's what I mean by entertainment over anything. And I just feel as though they feel as though, you know what? I work Monday through Friday. Saturday, I got to run errands. Sunday's my relaxed day, and I love football. So they want to sit home and watch football. Um, or I've also heard me not watching it ain't going to stop it. It's still going to be – they're still going to be playing. So when you have the excuses there, I seriously believe they convince themselves, hey, it's okay to watch because guess what? These players out there, they look like me. If I don't watch, they don't get paid. There's plenty of excuses you can come up with. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, you just go down a list of excuses. Eventually, you won't feel guilty. You won't feel guilty. The uh, first, like I said, the first three to four weeks back in, what was it, 16 or 2017? Mm -hmm. When I stopped watching it, um, First, I didn't join a, a um, what's it called, fantasy football. I didn't join a fantasy football group. So that made it even easier. And then, like I said, as each week went by, I thought less and less, especially if you keep yourself busy. If you're not home watching TV, it became easier. And then also, aside from that, the main thing was I know why I was protesting. It was based upon the support of what Kaepernick was looking out for us. And I mm -hmm. think that's what people just need to sometimes get the gist of. Is this to benefit me? Or is this just something I'm just picking up arbitrary? We know it's to benefit not only me, but it's to benefit people that look like me in situations because he was protesting police brutality at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it affects us. Therefore, we need to send a message that's loud and clear. So I feel as though the, the main reason why our people have such a, a hard time in boycotting, even to today, is they feel as though it's almost like a vote. They, they vote won't count. 
I honestly think that's the biggest thing along with, hell, I just like football and I'm going to watch my football. Mm -hmm. What's your take on it? Um, I just think it's a sense of um, not caring. Like, because they feel that, for one, it may be that they believe police brutality isn't, hasn't impacted them directly. They've never experienced it. So they they feel like, oh, I've never experienced it, so it doesn't matter to me. And two, they don't have to deal with what Kaepernick's going through right now, being white ball from the NFL. So they're like, oh, well, he chose to do that. And if it was me, I wouldn't have thrown through my career away. There's people like that that don't see the bigger picture. And if you don't see the bigger picture, you're not going to get it. And you're not going to want to participate for something that's bigger than yourself. So that's what that's what I think it um, comes down to. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. You said um, as far as Kaepernick, they look at it as it was his objective, but at the same time, um, that was an excuse we always heard. It's like he's no longer a good quarterback, and he was just doing it to, to keep a job, more mm -hmm. or less. He was just making noises a distraction because he knew he wasn't going to um, get another – get another contract or they'll say he opted out of his contract. They were offering him money, but he didn't want it. He thinks he's worth more than he is on the football field. So I just feel as though people, it's funny how people will say they don't empathize with millionaires because that's what I was hearing. He's a millionaire, but then at the same time, you're, you're empathizing with billionaires at that point. If mm -hmm. you're not in support of him, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I think like what you said as far as not caring, I think that's exactly what it is because you just, you're just coming up with an excuse and then they don't care. There's people that's always like that. If it doesn't directly impact them, hey, I've never been shot, so why should I care? Or mm -hmm. they'll be like, oh, I've never been arrested. That's nothing that concerns me. Mm -hmm. But like I tell – like I always tell people, I said, you never know. Tomorrow that could be you. It's it's that random. You don't exactly. necessarily have to be somebody into the illegal activity to have an encounter with a police officer. You could just be in the car not going fast enough. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or you just fit the description. This is how these encounters occur. Exactly. So that's why attention needs to be brought to it. And I feel as though that is why we need to support. And you know what? Before we go into the next question, I just feel as though I think there's more pressure on us as fans versus his coworkers. And what I mean by that is if you look at the NBA, look at what the NBA did. They did something unprecedented. Playoff games, Milwaukee Bucks decided to walk out on. They didn't play a playoff game. It so, yeah, like with the NBA, you had the teammates that went out of their way to support one another. I feel as though the NFL, the NFL players need to hold that responsibility as well. So, 
I feel as though if more of the NFL players would have said, you know what, we stand by this man. What he's saying ain't false. We've, we've lived it. There's literally people in the NFL that's lived through the brutality in which Colin Kaepernick is protesting. But there were some detractors who wanted to say he wasn't raised in a certain neighborhood. He wasn't raised by an African family. He was raised by a European fa- or an, a white family. He was raised by them. Therefore, how can he relate to somebody being brought up in a um, impoverished situation that would deal with that, you know, on a daily? And I think there was too many distractors being thrown out there to to get your attention on everything but the subject at hand. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yeah, like I said, I feel as though okay. I mean, I've had the argument; it's still up for debate, in my opinion. Yeah, the fans, the fans is what generates the millions and billions of dollars for these professional athletes. But at the same time, we saw an immediate response when NBA players decided, hey, we ain't playing tonight. And it actually trickled into other sports. Even hockey, I was surprised. Baseball, hockey. Mm-hmm. And where we're not even the majority, but it's like, all right, that was that extension of brotherhood within sports to where they said, you know what? Let's do it like this. So you can see it as them standing in unison, or you could just see it as another way of pandering. Like a few months ago, even people's workplaces, everyone got a Black Lives Matter sign. Mm -hmm. That was at the height of the George Floyd um, murder back in May. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to September, where's that energy? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It It was the trendy thing to do at the time. So right now what we're seeing is maybe it's a trend, but like I said, this, this boycott message has been going on for four years now. So I'm hoping that the athletes themselves, we've seen the bargaining agreements that they've made with um, the player association and them allowing them to put um, black lives matter on the helmets or victims of police brutality on the helmets. But like I said, all of that's cute. But at the same time, we need action behind it. And financially, that's the only way I see as this making more progress into stopping police brutality. Mm-hmm. Like Brother Kevin, he's been putting his money where his mouth is for the past four years. No doubt. Donating suits, we've seen it. And that was yeah. another thing. People were talking about his um, when he settled. Um, when he settled, I'll admit I wasn't too happy, especially not knowing the details of the settlement. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've seen his um, Know Your Rights campaign. I know what it stands for. I've seen him literally donate his closet to homeless people or those needing jobs mm-hmm. to go on a job interview, his suits. Yeah, people made jokes like, all right, how many people is his size? But this shit can be tailored. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, yeah, you have this this man who literally he woke up one day and said enough is enough. And that has been his agenda. The only time I was upset with him since this stance was I wasn't as upset 
it's his settlement, it was when he went and auditioned for them again. I felt as though if he wanted to, here's my criticism. I felt as though if he wanted to play in the NFL again, um, he he should have. I think I understand his defenses, his defense mechanisms he put up in place. I understand that, but I felt as though, hey, he still. I don't think he should have pulled that audible at the last second because I think. I think they were going to give him a job just to say they gave him a job and a team was going to cut him. But like I said, that's the only time I was just like, oh, man, I don't agree with that move. See, with that, though, it was um, it wasn't him making the move last second. It was the NFL. They, they um, sent him that waiver thing at the last second. Yeah, where, I he pretty, where he pretty much had to sign his rights away so that even if they didn't sign him, to a contract, the fact that they gave him opportunity, he couldn't pursue any kind of legal action. So mm-hmm. they did that. Plus, they had it on a Saturday where no coaches was really going to be available. So what he did, or my opinion of it, is that he strategically moved it to somewhere where the press would be allowed because that was another thing. They wasn't going to allow no press in there. So he allowed – he moved it so the press would be allowed – so he could put on the show to show that he could he still belongs in the NFL. Right. So his move was it was very strategic and it was very smart because he took the power out of the NFL hands and he put his skill on display to prove a point that he wasn't he wasn't being um whiteballed because he couldn't play. He was being whiteballed because he took a stance. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like when they when they said that he was auditioning for them. I didn't like it at first either, but then the way it played out, I ended up liking how it went because I'm like they was trying to back him to a corner where he would have been screwed. So if he would have if he would have signed that waiver right, he would have did this uh, audition. No cameras would have been allowed. So yeah, he could have brought in his own right. Yeah, so they would have came out and said, oh, he did horrible, so no team wants him. They could they could have controlled the narrative and everything. And then they would have been like, see, he wasn't good. And we would have had no footage of it or anything. Right. That's true. Yeah, like, I mean, when you break it down like that, yeah, I, I can see it in hindsight. So, you know what, maybe, maybe I should have worded that from at the time. Yeah, That's I got you. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, because at, at beforehand, I felt a way, too, because I'm like, nah, you shouldn't have to do this because right. it's, it's quarterbacks with less skills than you that's on the team right now. Right. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to do it because, like, even though, I wasn't, even though I wasn't watching it, you know, people post stuff on social media and it'd be like, yeah, this quarterback got signed. And then you see the comments underneath and they'd be like, they'd be coming at him. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, I'm like, if that quarterback is that bad, why didn't he sign Colin? But we all know the answer to that. Yep. Indeed. All right. So the next question is, uh, what's your perspective on the large-scale propaganda going on in the NFL and the hollow apology to Brother Kaepernick um, by um, Roger Goodell? I think it's just uh... – Save face as far as, all right, we know we screwed up. 
it's pretty evident if it wasn't before that there is a problem with police brutality and disproportionately involving us there there's a there's a problem there and he was absolutely correct and i think like i said roger goodell seeing the way that the nba handled it i always my opinion my personal opinion i've always felt nba players are more solid than nfl players uh there's a number of reasons but um i, I just feel as though it's just um to save face and it was a business thing which as I'm speaking now, I'm wondering how much has our boycott messed with their bottom line? Because there has to be a reason why they're doing that. Yeah, you had a few players that were upset, like um, the homie down in New Orleans now. He was in Philly. Um, what's the corner's name? You know what I'm talking about? He's part of you know, He's like on the board of the, the, the Player Association, who he met with. I forget his name. But he's a corner. Nah, and uh, sure. he's the one that took the deal. Oh, you talking about, uh, I, I remember him. Oh, I can't stand him. Uh, Malcolm uh, Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, I'm on the fence with him still. I, I think he has those intentions. He, he, he does a lot of philanthropy for the, for the neighborhoods. He was doing a lot up here when mm-hmm. he was in Philly, too. And I know he had a good reputation in New Orleans. So I just think that. He took that deal. I think he jumped at it too quick. Yeah. I think I think at the same time he wanted to just get it over with. But I think he had good intentions. And he's he's redeeming himself because he's made a, a couple of power moves in my opinion since then. But um I feel as though the NFL was just they just it was affecting their bottom line. I think he had some disgruntled players as well saying, yo, this ain't right. And especially when it hit home. Um we saw how Steven Jackson in the NBA basically grew up with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the odds of a professional athlete's childhood friend slash brother falling at the hands of what Kyle Kaepernick was um, protesting? That's There's more players in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's right around the corner. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. It's gonna ha- it could even be an NFL player on a current roster that police brutality may, may take someone's life or are they just going to feel that effect of police brutality? So um, the NFL, they can no longer play um, naive to it. I felt as though um, they just did it to save face at the end of the day and just say, oh, look, we rectified our mistake. Can you guys stand up now? And when that didn't work, because they tried that, then they came out with this bright idea of going out Linking up arms. I said, this is corny. Then you still have Jerry (laughs) Jones talking about, oh, my players ain't going to kneel. And then they came up with something to, oh, we're going to, all right, we'll kneel. We'll kneel before the national anthem. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's all these little props and games being played. But at the end of the day, it's all taking focus off what the initial issue was. But yeah, now you have them coming out of their pockets, donating X amount of dollars per season to these organizations that um, in, in these neighborhoods and local neighborhoods that have been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I can't think of it, but but basically that's been affected by all of this. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it would have been best day one Colin Kaepernick said this. I'm pretty sure this is what Roger Goodell is thinking. He regrets it. He's like, you know what? Maybe if I would have just told the, the news reporters, ignore him, it probably would have went under the radar. Because remember, originally it was under the radar. Mm-hmm. He was sitting down, minding his business. And he said, no, I can't stand. I can't stand for a flag that promised X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't include everyone. Mm-hmm. And then that whole narrative got changed into some attack on the military because we know these patriots, AKA bigots, because that's all they are. Mm-hmm. These bigots made enough noise to where Roger Goodell and his buddies, he's like, come on, you ain't gonna let these, as they say, you're not gonna let the prisoners um, run the asylum. That's how they refer to it. Or they need to shut up and play ball. So yeah, yeah I just, yeah, I mean, we could talk all day on that, but yeah, it's just, I think it's, I think they look very desperate even to the fact that now the national black anthem is being played prior to the national anthem of the United States. He's just propagating for what, I mean, you're doing all of this and is that resolving the issue at hand? Mm-hmm. No, you're just trying to make uh, one segment of your audience happy and the other segment of your audience happy. Yeah. What's your, is that, I, I don't know. Is that answering that question? No, yeah, it's definitely answering. Um, yeah, I agree because um, it's like they're backtracking on their previous pro- propaganda, which was when they was getting paid by the military to play the national anthem. Because mm-hmm. before that, the national anthem wasn't even played. Because I think we discussed this before that the national anthem is usually played at the Olympics, something mm-hmm. where the the countries are going against each other in exactly. athletic events. Like it doesn't make no sense to play the national anthem in the sport that's taking place in this country. <laughs> it does. Like, what, what is it? What is it proving? Like, and then to find out you only playing it because you're getting whatever amount of dollars to play it. Mm-hmm. And then like, y'all not even following the rules of the flag when y'all bring them big ass flags out. And have everybody carrying them because there's certain rules that you're supposed to go by, or it's considered desecration of a flag. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like you, um, paid patriotism, like what you're saying. Yeah, paid patriotism, and military um, enrollment was low, so yeah. that's why the military said, Hey, we know where we can get our demographic watches football, mm-hmm. exactly. It's all it's all propaganda, man. Then now it's like you have Roger Goodell. He gives he gives a hollow apology because he says that he should have listened to uh Colin Kaepernick. No, he said maybe I should have listened to Colin Kaepernick. Mm, maybe. Yeah, like he still wasn't really trying to give him no kind of credit for being, you know, trying to put this put a spotlight on something. So he said right. maybe we should have we should have listened. Or whatever, but it's like now it's like what you were saying, he's kind of following in the footsteps of what the NBA has been doing and stuff like that. Like, it's not, it's nothing genuine. You can't look at this guy, the guy that used Jay Z as a prop in the room to be speaking and saying, 
Oh, we're past kneeling. Like, he set all that up. He's the figure, and he was just sitting there laughing. I'm like, you look just like a slave owner in there, laughing because your, your good slave is speaking so good on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the NFL is just – they they ramped up their propaganda like they're going along with everything like yeah yeah you can do that you can put whatever on your helmet yeah go along just do it because we're trying we're trying to get you know pull these people back in but it's like people like you and I we we hip to the game like it ain't you can't you can't sell a shirt and expect us just to jump back in be like nah like as far as I'm concerned personally I'm never watching the NFL again. And I'm okay with it because I, I've, after I witnessed what they did to, to Brother Kaepernick, I can't bring myself to watch it. Like, it is, is no way I can watch it. And then it's going to be who would I say, well, what about the NBA, what they did to, um, you know, uh, Craig Hodges and um, what's the guy's name? From the Nuggets, Abdul. Um, Abdul. Yeah, like, and I'm like, yeah, that happened, but like, it's a first of all, it's a different commissioner now. And when that went down, I was younger, so I didn't really know what was going on. Like, this happened like recently, and I was fully aware of what was going on, so it was like. And the and the person that's responsible for it and all the owners are still there, allowing it to perpetuate because he can still he's still of age where he can play. So the fact that it's still ongoing, and then there's people in our community that still runs to watch this every Sunday, is is disheartening. But it's like they falling right in for the propaganda. And they get they get to witness it, and then you know some people that's looking at it like, oh, they're doing so much for us. Like you know what's what's funny to me is um, I don't remember if you remember the controversy. I haven't bought a Madden game, and I love Madden, man. <laughs> I haven't yeah. bought any John Madden football since I stopped watching football. You know what I'm saying? But it's like. I remember the controversy was, I believe it was last season, would that, that have been Madden 20, I guess, with, um, it was a big Sean lyric, and he mentioned Kaepernick, but they muted that out on the video game. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And lo and behold, a year later, last week, there was an update to the new Madden 21, Kaepernick's a free agent. He's in the video game again. First time in four years. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, okay. (laughs) All this is, Madden is an NFL licensed game. So Goodell was pulling that shot too. Mm -hmm. So all traces of him was eliminated. Because even if he wasn't on the team, he was still technically a free agent. He didn't retire. Mm -hmm. So he should have been available in each of the years leading up to now, regardless. Exactly. Right. So I'm just pointing out how Goodell was just trying to save face. But another thing, let's not lose focus, though, because I think this is also something that we could fall into the trap of. 
if um what's his all right so if Kaepernick's supposed to let's say Kaepernick is pulled uh picked up by a team right mm-hmm. what's your stance then I'm still I mean I'm still not gonna watch it okay I'm Great. still not gonna watch it because I'm like it's been done already and the people that did it are still in power so it's right. like they they if they if they let him back in the league, it's for a reason. It's ulterior motives to it. Okay, so this is where I'm gonna play devil's advocate. So it's like, all right, was this about police brutality or was this about cap in a job? Because that's what they say. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if we make the sole focus about Colin Kaepernick getting his job back, which that honestly. And me, watching, it wasn't necessarily, I didn't feel as though he needed to be back in the NFL. I just mm-hmm. felt he made a statement, and I was upset that they punished him for making that statement. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what my stance is. My stance was always um, they punished him for bringing light, using his platform to bring light to an issue that's really affecting us. So mm-hmm. for him to lose his job behind that, I felt that was wrong. But I never was boycotting because I wanted him to get his job back. I was boycotting because they proved that they don't give a damn about us and our issues. Mm-hmm. And he would, and he was ended up being a scapegoat because he took a knee for our community. And I don't think that people see that that picture like that. People don't realize that he took a knee for us. Right. So, so now, all right, I'm still playing devil's advocate, all right? So now, you made a statement saying that the people in power are still in power. You ain't fooling with it. So, what would it take for the NFL to win you back as a fan? Um, Honestly, I don't even know. It might have to be like an overhaul. Like Goodell had to be gone. Um, all the owners that were involved in that settlement in the, in the Kaepernick case, that, you know, they, they had to admit guilt because there wouldn't have been a settlement without the um, admission of guilt. So all those owners that was involved in, in the whole conspiracy to keep them out of the league, they all had to be gone. And there would have to be a change to the bylaws to not to to make it a stern um thing where owners can't punish players for taking a stance like that. As long as it's not harming anybody or, you know, doing anything in negative light, they shouldn't be able to take a stance like that to take a job away from somebody when you got people in the league that's rapists and let them beat their wife up and stuff like that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I was just curious because some people would say, well, hey, mission accomplished. Look at how much money the NFL is putting out now compared to four years ago to um, foundations that deal with um, the subject at hand. Like, 
isn't it mission accomplished is what he was protesting because there's a lot of light on it now. And anytime any of these situations occur where um, a brother or sister is killed at the hands of police officer, unarmed, they're unarmed and they're killed. Colin Kaepernick's one of the first people that come up in the discussion. See, this is what Cap brought up. So it's like, did he, is it mission accomplished for Colin Kaepernick? By, and is that what Jay-Z meant by, hey, we're, we're past kneeling now, as no. far as we're talking money now? No, we can't be past, we can't be past bringing light to it because it's still going on. Like, it didn't stop. Right, but he brought light to it. He brought He brought light to it, but he brought light to it with the intention of making change of making it stop it seems like it's actually gotten worse because people got mad they got like officers were mad because he was taking the knee about it then i seen a video the other day cops were quitting they quit at, at one department because they couldn't do chokeholds anymore they were throwing their badges down so i'm like police brutality is a is a part of their DNA. Like cops, cops want to do that. And it's like I was watching the um, the um, what show was it? The Fifty One Fifty show the other day, and they had mm -hmm. a brother. Um, I think his name was DeWan on there, and he was talking about the Compton PD and how I think over the last twenty years, twenty thirty years, they've had to disband and fire a lot of officers because they had gangs within that department. Racist, racist gangs. I think the latest one he said was like the Banditos. It was, um, I can't remember all the names, but there were gangs within this department and what they would do is they would brag about how many, uh, you know, Africans in America that they then brutalized or arrested and then it was one of the gangs i think what are they called the knights it was some but they would go they would have a tattoo party every time they killed killed a, uh, a black person so it's like if you got people in the police departments like this that's being hired and they're out there doing their job and it kind of seems like this is part of the dna of the cops Right, shine, shining light on the issue is only a part of the solution. But then, when you got cops investigating cops, how are you going? How are you going to ever really solve something? It's it's in the DNA of policing. All they are is an evolution of the slave patrol which was put together to keep runaways in check once, once they considered a runaway, an enslaved African, once um, they started to emancipate enslaved Africans. These, these people were just put in there to keep us in check. So it's like, I believe you would have to come up with a whole nother job, job title. Mm -hmm. it, 
with the sole purpose, if it's to protect and serve, it's not to protect and serve some. It would have to be all. And then the consequences for not doing so would have to be so severe that those races wouldn't want to risk it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's, um, I'm glad we're talking on this. I think it's outside of, this is definitely a discussion outside of the NFL, but what we've learned from the NFL is that it took professional sports to put a spotlight on this because other than that, where else are you getting the attention of these races? Where, mm. what other form can we go to and say, hey, look over here? You understand? Yeah. So it literally took us to screw up what they love in order for them to listen to us. That's what makes it, that's what makes them angry. And this goes back to our original point is to why we need to support, you know, the whole boycotting of, it doesn't even need to stop at sports. It could just be certain, certain channels, period. Mm -hmm. Once we find out who owns these channels, Viacoms, et cetera, Vanguard, you find out who owns it and what, you find out the history of Vanguard, then you'd be sitting back thinking, wow, what else am I, um, the legacy, what else am I contributing to the legacy of these companies that are owned by people? Mm -hmm. You feel me? Yeah. So I feel, I feel as though it's like, it, it took sports, professional sports, because that's where we dominate. We can't say, oh, for this company, for Comcast, Take, for example, Comcast, one of the largest, if not the largest cable um, operator in the United States. Mm -hmm. We can't just say, you know what, Comcast, listen to us. You know what I mean? It, it had to take something to where America had their eyes on in order for us to say, all right, now that we have your attention, and then we go, go forth with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like the whole... We're going out. We're going outside the NFL, brother. Sorry. Oh, no, you good? <laughs> um, Naomi Osaka, queen, true queen, right there. Grew up in Japan. Grew up in Japan, but guess what? Only twenty-two years of age. But guess what? She still has the intellect and the awareness to know. Hey, I'm on a platform. I have these folks' attention. Every during the whole tournament, a new name. We know these names outside of the U.S. These people don't know these names. Mm -hmm. So they were saying that the Google searches were going up each after each match because people didn't know who these people were. The family thanked her, but it's just like the awareness that this is the only type of forum where they they are forced to see us because most of the time, the people who don't like us, they're not looking for us. But, but fortunately for us, we're dominant in sports. Mm -hmm. And so when we are in there, in front of their eyes, this, that is the opportunity to take it. So when people want to tell us to shut up and play ball and all of that, 
nah, those days is over. We're not just here for your entertainment. We're here also to educate our people. Mm-hmm. And even outside of our people, we're here to educate and say, hey, look at what's going on. It ain't right. And if anybody has a soul and a heart, then you can look at that and say, you know what? It's not right. So it no longer is going to take us sitting down, getting the shit beat out of us and sit downs like you did back in the 60s or having uh, police beat the shit out of us. Well, they're still doing it. Firemen hosing us down, police sending their dogs, sicking their dogs on us. We're beyond that. So now, guess what? You, you ain't going to put a hand on me and I'll have your attention and the world can see how you're doing me wrong. So that's how we're going to go about it now. And like I said, I, like you said, that's the right word for a queen. Queen Naomi Osaka. Like, it, she's, she impresses me. She's very impressive. Mm-hmm. She's dominant in her career sport. And just for the mere fact, like she said, I just want to get people to talking about this. Mm-hmm. And that's what... She's very poised for her age. Mm-hmm, indeed. She's very poised, and like you said, she's very aware. And she real, she realizes the power that she possesses and the platform that she has, and she's not afraid to use it. Yeah, somebody like her. Most 22-year-olds would just be satisfied with, as we can see in the sports over here, satisfied, hey, I made it, I'm making money. Life is good. Mm-hmm. All that other stuff, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to mess this up. That's not even on her mind. That's yeah. not on her mind. Selfless, man. Need more of that selflessness. Mm. Yep. It's deep, it's man. Uh, we talked enough about Cap. I ain't going to ask no more questions about him. But, um, <laughs> all right, besides not um tuning into the NFL, what other ways can we boycott them uh, that will hit them in the pocket? Is this, are we still talking about the NFL? Or are you talking about outside? I, I didn't understand the question, bro. Um, I mean, besides not watching the games, what other ways could we hit the NFL in their pockets? Okay, so yeah. Um, merchandise. People say merch. You don't buy any of it. Um even if you want to get a Kaepernick jersey, I think you can go to his site and get some some of his Know Your Rights campaign if you mm-hmm. want to support him. Don't don't necessarily. He got go a bunch of gear. Mm-hmm. Don't go, you know, to the NFL website because that's money. Even if it's his name, it's the licenses you're giving the NFL money. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can make yours up. Go get a spray paint or whatever the case may be. Um, like I said, the NFL, anything with an NFL license on it, whether it be a hat, a jersey, a uh, Madden, um, whoever their sponsors are. That's big. You know what I'm saying? Bud mm-hmm. Light. I mean, what's that? Bush. Bush. Am- Amheiser, what is it? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's exactly where you can um, – not look. Don't look in those directions. Papa John's. Oh, to hell with Papa John. Shaq done took that over. To hell with him, too. Yeah, Shaq. Shaq, Shaq, Shaq is, yeah, he, he yeah. just do everything for the dollar, yo. He a, he a, pro, he a big-ass prostitute. <laughs> it's a big-ass prostitute. But, yeah, him and um, Sir Charles. Oh. Shout-out to Kenny Smith. 
Yeah, Kenny Smith a real one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's the best way that we can um, boycott the NFL is we just – we don't affiliate with any of their sponsors. I'm sure that's a big-ass list. I can't even mm-hmm. sit up here and say I know all their sponsors. But mm-hmm. um, stay away from their sponsors. Don't buy any NFL apparel, especially when it's got the little NFL logo trademark mess because that means they're going to generate money off of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess if – you know what? I, I'll compromise. For those who can't do without the NFL, at least don't buy from their sponsors. At the very least. When it's a commercial, turn it. That's mm-hmm. where they're making their money. If you want to watch it, go get a fire stick. Don't give them that rating. Exactly. If you if you so desperate like that, you need it, that you need that hit. Like you a drug addict, get get the bootleg, get some fentanyl, or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get, don't 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 watch it on uh, network TV. Get a mm-hmm. fire stick, boost it. Yep. I mean, there's there's many ways to hit them in their pockets. Yeah. So. I mean, you go down to the stadiums and buy. Actually, you know what? They could buy it off the people selling outside the stadiums. They want to get it's all that mess bootleg. Yeah, facts. So, those are some ways for the for the for the NFL junkies. We gonna call you NFL junkies. Those are your ways, your workarounds for now until you until you truly wake up. Talking yeah. to you. So let's uh, switch gears to Kanye. Um, do you think his latest antics are another cry for help, or is he valid with his point of view? I believe he's a narcissist. And I believe it's past him caring about us. I know he's saying he wants to be Moses. He wants to be called Moses now, because apparently he, he's leading us to freedom in a biblical sense. And I feel as though Kanye don't do anything unless it benefits Kanye. But what I find ironic is Kanye has reached his status of billionaire, which has been his lifelong dream because he's, he's definitely a person that's uh, concerned with materialism and he's a, he's a billionaire now. Mission accomplished, right Kanye? But he's just as miserable as ever. So um, he, he's a person that can't do without having um, – he's an attention whore. And I feel as though, yeah, he's saying a couple things here and there, but guess what? It's been done before. Michael Jackson's done it. Prince mm-hmm. has done it. So and they did you it can't better. reinvent the wheel. And yeah, and they did it better. They didn't need social media and Twitter and all that. So I feel as though Kanye is just – it's, it's, it's just another, it's just another, you can't even say it's help because he already said that his uh, mental, mental illness is his superpower. Mm-hmm. And he's still not, he still hasn't come to terms with it. So I feel as though it's like the less attention you give somebody like that, the, the better they'll be off at the end of the day. Because when you feed into it, you're empowering him. And he's just gonna go do something drastic. We all we've all seen this play out before. We know it's not gonna end well. Unfortunately, we've seen this before. So that's my take. 
No, nah, but yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you, man. Like he say, he say a lot of stuff, man. But like you said, he's a narcissist, so you know it's all about him. It's all, it's always all about him. Like he just right now, he he panders. It was a time where he didn't pander. Like he didn't care. Like he would put out albums and he wouldn't do press releases or listening parties or anything like that because he he just didn't care but now it's like he cares about everything and he's trying to like play to whatever is the trend at the time like before it was trump and he was playing the you know yeah trump this this is my this is my father right here and now since that train kind of left the station now he's trying to play to the uh black lives matter thing even though he said slavery was a choice and that Harriet Tubman was just leading the slaves to another white owner. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. Everything everything seemed like a stunt. Him putting his Grammy in the toilet and supposedly peeing on it seems like a stunt. Like mm-hmm. everything is about him. He could say that, oh, I wanna look at everybody contract. He don't want to look at everybody contract. You just you just want your masters. That's all. That's all you're interested in. Thank you, because that's what it's about. It's you're not concerned about everybody else, because as far as we know, good people. That that out that that record label he had. How many people still on that? He was screwing people over on that label. So you can't sit up here and say, "Hey, I'm trying to look out for this person and that person." Designer probably had one of the biggest songs on that label at one time. And now where's designer? Designer straight up said, he wasn't trying to focus on me. He wanted to focus on himself. The designer, I think, was 19 years old. So I can't even say, oh, he's this or that. No, you can say he's a one-hit wonder or whatever the case is. But he did a lot at 19. One of the biggest songs in whatever year that was, 2017, I think. So um, then he actually signed Nigerian artist um, Dabanj. Devonge was one of the biggest African artists. He did nothing with him. So it's like he's had opportunity to save his people, as he likes to put it. But mm-mm. the quality of music sucks. I don't his 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 music used to be insightful. It used to have a message. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's just I, I, he did a song with Lil Pump. If you even hear like the hook on it, it's like his first like six bars from him on it. You're like, really? Mm-hmm. This is it. So, like I said, he's just he's a narcissist and he's focused on everything but music. Honestly, like, why is he even cons- why is he concerned about music? He says he wants to be a fashion designer, right? And he's so, horrible at that. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, it don't look like anything I would wear. No, but if you anything, know, you know, it's crazy. People people buy it though. People buy it just because, and it's like, some people are just slaves to whatever is considered hot at the time. But I'm like, if you look at his his shoes or his clothes, it honestly look like something from a dystopian future. Like, I don't think so. It, it looks like it looks like something disastrous. Like it looks like it looks like exactly what you just what word you slave. It looked like stuff slaves wore back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oversized, hang off, 
The shoes look like they're falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's slave attire. Yeah. He keeps talking about, oh, we're going to be off the plantation. You're giving people plantation clothes. Exactly. Some astronomically, like $300 for a t-shirt, a Hanes that's, t-shirt. That's tattered. It's like holes and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, where did you get this? Like, you literally bought bought shirts, right? Then he was just like, all right, you rip it right there. All right, rip it right there. All right, 350. Uh-huh. So it's like this guy is not his his goal in life has always been to he's a person driven by money. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying money is necessarily a bad thing to have, but if that's all your horse blinders allow you to see, you're not doing anything. Because if he really wanted to help his people, he wouldn't be going to bat for Trump. Mm-hmm. He would be putting money into communities. You're a billionaire. You're talking about people need to... First of all, historically speaking, look at, look at where this man bought... He has a ranch. Mm-hmm. A ranch. Well, I don't know what a ranch is, but we... I'm guessing, just based off of the cowboy movies and shit, it's just open field with some gates up and you for animals to graze. But it's in <laughs> one of the the most white populated states. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why couldn't he do what Tyler Perry did? Tyler Perry is right there in Douglasville, right outside of Atlanta, where he's mm-hmm. making it. This Atlanta, they call it the Black Mecca. Mm-hmm. Kanye from Chicago do you know how much help his money could make there how much of a difference his money could make there yeah. if, if he's so interested in helping his people he's all talk his wife does more than him yeah, and I'm and not that, even a fan crazy. of her yeah she, she definitely is putting in more work than him so yeah man don't get me started on Kanye anytime I see him I'm just I'm just disappointed I mean, he's always been loud and had a big mouth. And, um, but like I said, even the quality within his music, his music isn't his focus anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just attention. What was it, two years ago? All his albums that he produced only had seven songs anyway. Mm-hmm. Talking about, oh, seven, nah, seven, you're lazy. You're a lazy producer. Yeah. That's what it is. You're not focused. Each album. His, Kid Cudi, um, Tiana Taylor, was it Pusha T? That whole summer, all this new music come out, seven songs. Even Nas' album, he produced seven songs. I was about to ask, was that um, that Nas' album produced by him? Mm-hmm. Because it seemed weird. I was like, why is there only seven songs on it? Like it's a, uh, like an EP. Yep, that's that's what he said. The the number seven. First of all, man, I don't like to come at people's religious beliefs in a sense of how genuine they are to it. But this guy made Jesus walk back in what was it like oh five, oh six? And then he come out with this um Christian album the other day or last year. When I say the other day, I meant last year. <laughs> And said, oh, I'm a Christian now. I wasn't before, but I am now. So what was so, you before? <laughs> you wrote this is what I don't understand. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
he's he's confused. So yes. now he says, "Okay, I'm making just Christian music now." He wasn't supposed to drop that second album. It never came out because I guess he didn't have enough controversy scared up in the air. These are old mm -hmm. tactics people used to do back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, how rappers would go out and get arrested prior to, you know, dropping an album. Mm -hmm. But um, he's still using those tactics because, like they say, the music will sell itself. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he's focused on everything but music. And I don't even think what do they what do they call that? A um, jack of all trades, master of none. He used to be a master producer, but his attention is all over now. Yeah, it shows. He's scatterbrained. Yep. He'd be all over. He'd be all over the place with his like. He used to be loud and boisterous, but it was it was with a purpose before. Now he's just loud and boisterous, and he doesn't really say much. Mm -hmm. like he starts talking. He start. I think we had a conversation about this. Whenever he speaks about these designers, he always mentions Italian people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yep. why? Why is that your um, influence or inspiration? You like, you, I I never hear him speak on anybody of African descent. Like, and I'm like. You trying to you trying to live up to these expectations that you're probably never going to get to. So it's like you setting yourself up for failure. First of all, you don't have the same privilege as these people that you're speaking of. So that's that's not going to do it. And then your attitude and how you uh, speak on stuff not going to get you there either. So it's like you gotta. He got he to figure out his lane. Well, he figured out his lane before, but he needs to get back there. Yeah, he's just, he's making a mockery of himself. Um, and I just feel as though he's, he's a father now, yo. He's, yeah. He has someone dependent upon him. And for him to put himself in a position as if this was 10 years ago, to where he runs up on stage and says whatever. It's it's not a good look for his kids because no one's going to take them serious. Mm. I mean, I think that's something that his wife is going to evaluate. And she's going to say, is it worth it? Yeah. Because she, she most certainly don't need him. You know what I mean? Financially, mm. she don't need him. She got her own. And I think, um, I can't believe I'm saying it. I think mentally she's more there than him. <laughs> I mean, she, she's a narcissistic being as well. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it, it seems like she's using what knowledge she has to to get people out of bad jams. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and I think she. It seems I don't I don't know, but it seems like since children have come into the picture, and since she's been on this crusade. Seems like she's toned down a lot and, mm. and matured. Where like Which, he, he's kind of like went the opposite way. He devolved. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's he's erratic. Yeah, she's approaching forty if she's not forty yet, and I know he's like in his mid forties, like mm. forty four or something. 
Mm-hmm. And he's just, like I said, this ain't 10 years ago, Kanye. I mean, one excuse, I wouldn't call it an excuse, but one reason, you know, uh, people would always let him slide is because they said, oh, he's dealing with the, the passing of his mother. But that's been, I think, 11 years now. And I understand that people grieve differently, but it's also not a pass to just make those asinine comments. If you want to make a comment, make one that's going to just directly, that deals directly with you, not with people that look like you. And Mm -hmm. then you want to sit up there and belittle the efforts our people, our ancestors made to put us in a better place, to even put you in a place to where you can become a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you to speak speak on um, Harriet Tubman? Who are you? Because mm-hmm. you make music people want to dance to. Is that is, that makes you more valuable than her? No, you got it twisted. Yeah, you got it twisted. Yeah, he definitely does. Like, I don't know. I know he was falling off when he um, started calling himself uh, Jesus. I went to that concert too, the Yeezy tour, Yeezy's mm-hmm. tour. He literally wore a, a, like a ski mask, a diamond ski mask, the whole show. Yeah, and that was that was in 2013, and that was when I said this man off his rocker, yo, because he would he would go on a rant, mm-hmm. and that's when he started doing all that all that attention stuff. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. saying that somebody recorded it. And he was like up on like a scaffold or something, mm-hmm. and he was and he was talking and he had that mask on. And I was yep. wondering, I I didn't know that he had the mask on the whole show, but it yeah, it, ma- it makes about. sense. It makes sense. And they were saying like every show he was having like these long rants that would just like go on and on, and it started becoming like nonsensical. Like it would start off where he was talking about something, and then it would just you lose him. Yeah. And then then that's where I think he had the new Slave song, that album, that was one of the songs. But um, what gets me is how people, it's normally the people who don't don't know better. His followers are like Trump followers, bottom line. How Trump says he likes the uneducated, Mm -hmm. the uneducated believe that he's a genius. Because like I said, I always had an issue when people call Kanye a genius. A genius in what context? You mean musically? Mm Mm-hmm. Or do they mean in general? Because I don't see it there. Musically, at one point, you can say he was a musical genius. A lot of people have him as like a top five producer. I don't, I guess it's taste. I don't see it. I mean, he made nice music, but I, I didn't have him up there as one of the greats. You know what I mean? So, um, and a lot of these new cats, he's influenced. A lot of them will say was that. Um, Heartbreaks and 808 album, which I did not like. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's why I can't vibe with their music now, because they say that, that was their inspiration. So Kanye, he, he did go astray. Because if you look at his first couple albums, the features on there like Common, Most Death, Talib Kweli, Freeway. It was crazy. Yeah. These were spitters on there, man. Definitely. And now, like I said, Lil Pump. Um, I don't. I don't even know. I don't know no more. 
Yeah, but it's, it's like it's, the, it's a bunch of mumble crap and nobody nobody that's a real a real spitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the narcissist in them can't allow somebody on a on a record that raps better than him. That's true. That's true. Me personally, I enjoyed the last Kanye album I enjoyed was Watch the Throne, but that was a collab with Jay. Oh, okay. And, and then if I had to choose between Jay's last collab album with um with um what's the homie's name out of uh, New Orleans? Jay Electronica. Mm. I like that album. Like, when I listened to the album, I was learning something. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that's when you checked out, but um, he, Jay Electronica, he's talented. I mean, we're going in a different direction. He's talented, but I just don't think he's he's um his ambition. I think is left, but um, he was spending a lot of knowledge on that. Spending a lot of knowledge, but yeah, it it took Jay Z to carry Kanye for me to. Actually, say okay. This is the last Kanye effort I liked. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. At this time, he ain't really spitting anything. And like I said, I think all of this this is just a plea for attention. But like they say, money don't change people; it just brings out their true self. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on with him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I actually like that heartbreak. I mean the 808s and Heartbreaks album. I didn't like the whole thing, but there were certain songs in there that I could relate to at the time. So okay. because I could relate to it at the time, um I I vibe to it. But when I tried to listen to it last year, I couldn't stand it. So I couldn't <laughs> so I couldn't listen to it because I'm in a different place now. But when it first came out, like it was like yo, I needed this, and I listened to it. But then when I'm listening to it, like now I'm like, yo, this is trash. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I just can't vibe. It had the song. Yeah, like I said, maybe three or four songs off the album I messed with. But um, yeah, other than that, mm-mm. yeah, it was like all that auto tune and. That's when he came out with that that frohawk. He was he was going through it during that time, man. Yeah, he was wearing them glasses with like the blind look like blinds. No, that was the graduation. That was graduation. Uh, oh, okay, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That was before eight oh eight, right? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because mm-hmm. right. yeah, graduation, he was still all right. Mm-hmm. He was still sane. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. When you listen to College Dropout now, man, you be like, yo, what happened? That was a that was a dope album, man. College Dropout, even um Late Registration too. Yeah. Late yeah, it's like he gave us that trilogy. Graduation, I was I was like, eh, but college dropout and late registration. Most mm-hmm. definitely. You just like Okay, 
this guy, he got he he gonna go somewhere. But this isn't where I thought he would lead to. Mm. That, <laughs> when he put that uh, my dark twisted fantasy out, mm-hmm. I was like, I tried to like it, and I listened to him like, this is different. Like it wasn't different in a good way either. Yeah, black flashing lights, monster. I think that's the only thing I can even recall from that album. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, that's, that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, how the mighty have fallen. It's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. And just imagine, what if he weren't the college dropout? Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. What if he read? Yeah. Would he be making these statements? Would his music have a deep message? The college dropout and the late registration was the teachings of his mother. That was info of him growing up in a house with an African-American studies professor. Mm -hmm. Once he had money to leave that house, and these designers came in, this is the outcome. Exactly. That's it's crazy, man. Uh, let's move on past the um, Kanye syndrome. Yeah. All right, so the final question is, um, what message do you have for the skin folk that refuse to stand for anything? And also, what message do you have for those who stand strong for our people? Well, for for the ones that are doing what they need to do, I salute salute you. And I say, keep up the good work. It ain't easy. You always got to keep reminding people that, guess what? Even if we have a victory today, there's still tomorrow. We got to go out there and earn another one. Mm-hmm. So we got we to gotta keep um, educating ourselves, keep on um, fighting the good fight, and just um, making sure that we there and support one another. Um, we have our businesses. We got to support one another in our businesses. Um, financial freedom is key. Um, that's most important. I, I'd rather put all my energy into those who are doing the right thing and are trying to make men's. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whereas... The Candace Owens and Kanye West, uh, I don't have time for them. Why, why, why bother putting my energy into that direction? Can't save everyone. You know what I mean? And um, I, think, I think that's something, something we all need to come to terms with. It's like you can't save everybody, meaning that those who want to remain ignorant because it's a choice. There's a difference between being ignorant and then remaining ignorant. Mm-hmm. I can be ignorant today. Someone can enlighten me on something and I change. But if someone tells me something and I remain ignorant, then so be it. Let them remain ignorant on their own. Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel. I feel as though, um, yeah, they strive. We on to the next one. That's how we do. Hey, this is A, B, and C. Boom, boom, boom. You see how this is done? 
all right, you get it. Come on. Go spread the word. That's mm -hmm. the only way. Because other than that, you're going to be wasting your time looking in this direction to the point where 10 people done passed you now. And you probably could have gotten through to at least four of those people. Definitely. Why are you here wasting time on one? You feel me? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's why that's why I say um, keep doing what you're doing. It ain't easy. Um, we see that. Even viewership. Mm -hmm. Our last our last show, which I think was one of our most um, in depth topics, with um, the black infant mortality rate, I think that was a deep discussion. I think we brought a lot of stats there, but that probably did the poorest in views of all of our shows. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's crazy. Yeah, so I feel as though like, all right. You gotta, it, it's not easy, you just can't get discouraged. So, you just gotta, you know, keep going out there, learning new things. That's the key. You gotta keep learning. Mm -hmm. You just can't, you just can't say, Oh, I know this, and just be satisfied with it. You gotta keep learning. Mm -hmm. So, the more we learn, the more we spread, the more we know, the further we can go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with all that. Um. Yeah, I would say the same. Man. I would say, um, you know, keep struggling because it's a constant struggle. But you got you got to keep moving forward because sometimes you find beauty in the struggle. Mm. So you gotta, you know, stay steadfast and whatever you standing for. Never, never give up. No matter how hard it gets, because it get it gets hard because. Sometimes the you get the most resistance from people that look like you. Indeed. So you can't you can't let that stop you because like like K said, can't save everybody. And we got it, we can't save everybody based on survival. Because if you try mm. to save everybody and everybody's not with it, you're gonna be bringing and taking time bombs that's gonna destroy you from within. It's definitely. And for for those that don't that choose to not stand for anything, my only advice or my only I'm not even gonna say wish, I want you all to make the choice one day to decide to stand for something. That's it. Just you know, look outside yourself, look at the community even if you think that issues aren't directly affecting you, they are. Because we're, we're all going through the same thing. Just because you haven't personally experienced something doesn't mean that you're never going to experience it. Mm -hmm. It just means that you've been lucky enough that it hasn't impacted you yet. But if you look around our community, you see that it happens. There's some, there's some um, Negro peons who you know, they're, they're in denial that stuff like this even happens, police brutality and other things that we talked about. For those people, there's probably no waking them up at all. And, it's, and that's okay. You just make sure you stay over there and when they're done with you, you just ride solo because you ain't welcome over here. That's just not going to happen. Like, if you got a glimmer of hope that you want to wake up, you want to learn something, you want to stand for something, come on over to this side. But if you bring nothing to the table, you're not welcome at the table. 
and you damn sure ain't gonna get no chair. Yep. So, yeah. So on that note, thank y'all for joining us for another episode of the Liberated Mind Show. Um, until next week, that's K. I'm Jay. Peace. Peace. This generation under so much pressure held to a standard impossible to measure without guys they suffer no father in sight uh no love from their mother not the fin for the one in the mirror self-image distorted can't get no clearer damn lost souls devoured by the streets ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks by their feet only cracked vials and shell casings looking for hope but they still waiting and i implore you to never give up and like pox said uh Keep your head up and when your back up against the wall, keep your boots to the ground and stand tall, hold on and be strong. 